Hello, Parkview. Good to see you. My name's Tim. I'm one of the guys that speaks here. I'm really glad y'all are here today, and I hope by the time we're done, you'll be glad you're here too. I saw something years ago, and for whatever reason, I, I just remember it. it. It was on a t-shirt. This guy was walking down the street, and, and on the front of the t-shirt was a picture, you know, kind of a traditional standard-looking picture of Jesus, and underneath this picture was the word, yes. And then on the, on the back of the t-shirt was kind of a traditional-looking picture of kind of a church building, and underneath that was the word, no. Jesus, yes. Church, no. I saw that t-shirt just one time, and I've never seen it since. And I've looked for it, and I, I looked for it again online this week, and I, I, I didn't see that exact same thing. I did find a bumper sticker, though, so you can get you a, a Jesus Yes, Church No bumper sticker. It, it's out there. And now, there is a point, and hopefully by the time we're done, you'll, you'll see what that, what that point is. Welcome to the next chapter of... Da-da. The story. And here's what the story is. The story helps us experience, it, it's an arrangement of biblical texts in such a way that we experience something and know something that a lot of us have never really been told is true before. See, the Bible's not just this you know, amalgamation of, of sayings and, and teachings and you know, stories with you know, good guidance and, you know, a good moral at the end. No, no, no. From, from beginning to end, the, the Bible is, is one continuous story of God bringing everything back together again. God drawing all things back to himself. And here's where we are in this week's chapter of the story. Jesus has died and he's risen from the dead and he spent 40 days teaching his closest followers. And, and, and then he leaves the earth physically. He, he, he ascends into heaven. And, and as he's leaving the, the, the earth physically, his followers are like going, what are we going to do now? It's like, what, what, what's the plan now? And, he, and Jesus tells them what the plan is. Here it is. He says, you will receive power when the Holy Spirit comes on you, and you'll be my witnesses in Jerusalem and in all Judea and Samaria and to the ends of the earth. And what he's saying is, what's going to happen now is, you guys, you, you, you folks are going to tell the story, and you're going to live the story, and you're going to share the story where you, where you already are and in places you've already been and in places that you thought you might never, ever go in your whole life. You guys are going to be my witnesses. You're, you're, you're going to tell my story. That's the plan. And that plan is called the church. And, and for quite a while, the plan just goes amazingly well. Let me get my notes here. It just goes amazingly well. There, there's a book, if you really like to read, there's, there's, there's a fascinating book I would recommend to you called The Rise of Christianity. It's, it's by a, a sociologist from, from Baylor University by the name of Rodney Stark. And, and, and he shows, come from kind of a historical perspective of sociology, 
how in just a little over 300 years, think about this. He shows how in just a little over 300 years, the church goes from 17 one-thousandths of one percent of the population of the known world at the time, which was the Roman Empire, 17 one-thousandths of one percent to well over 50% of the Roman Empire in just three centuries. Think about that. Just incredible change. The, the book of Acts tells us that the church, that the early church was known for turning the world upside down, and historians agree. And in many parts of the world today, like in sub-Saharan Africa and parts of Asia, uh, Central and, and, and South America, it, the church continues to, to grow by leaps and bounds and, and, and bring about tremendous change for the world. But in our country, not so much. One study I saw said that since 1980, church attendance, church growth has not kept pace with population growth in a single county in America. Not in one county, except one. And that's the county that Honolulu's in, in Hawaii, which is probably where we all wish we were attending church <laughs> this morning. How about this? 77% of people in our country self-identify as Christians. 77%. But in any given week, all the best research suggests that only 26% are in church services. And I think that's one of the reasons why that t-shirt sticks with me. Because that t-shirt, in its own sort of way, was summing up the, the, the climate, the attitude uh, uh, of our culture about, about what we're talking about today. Jesus, yeah. Church, mm -mm. And folks have their reasons. I understand that. A lot of people have had a lot, just a lot of bad experiences. And with church. One time this guy was walking across the Golden Gate Bridge at night and he came upon, uh, he came upon this man who was standing on the edge of the Golden Gate Bridge, clearly about to jump to his own self-imposed death. And, and the guy sees him and he says, D don't jump. And the guy about to jump says, well, give me, give me one good reason not to. And the guy says, well, God loves you. And the guy pauses and he says, I, I, I believe there's a God. The guy says, oh, are, 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 you a, are you a Christian or a Jew? And the guy says, I'm a Christian. And the guy says, oh, oh, oh me too. Are, are, are you Protestant or are you Catholic? And the guy says, well, I'm Protestant. And the guy says, oh, oh, oh me too. Uh, what franchise? <laughs> the guy says, uh, Baptist. The guy trying to save him says, oh, me too. Are you, are you Northern Baptist or are you Southern Baptist? guy says, well, I'm Northern Baptist. The guy trying to save him says, oh, me too. Well, are, are you Northern Conservative Baptist or are you Northern Liberal Baptist? The guy says, well, I'm Northern Conservative Baptist. The guy trying to save him says, oh, me too. Well, are, are you Northern Conservative Fundamentalist Baptist or are you Northern Conservative Reformed Baptist? And the guy says, well, I'm Northern Conservative Fundamentalist Baptist. The guy trying to save him says, oh, me too. Are you Northern Conservative Fundamentalist Baptist Great Lakes Region? Or are you Northern Conservative Fundamentalist Baptist Eastern Region? And the guy says, well, I'm Northern Conservative Fundamentalist Baptist Great Lakes Region. And the guy says, oh, me too. 
Are you Northern Conservative Fundamentalist Baptist Great Lakes Region Council of 1879? Or are you Northern Conservative Fundamentalist Baptist Great Lakes Region Council of 1912? And the guy on the edge says, well, I'm Northern Conservative Fundamentalist Baptist Great Lakes Region Council of 1912. And the guy says, die, heretic, and pushes him over. I want you to know you're the only service this weekend that truly got that joke. <laughs> a lot of Baptists in the house. I, no, no, no. Now, of course, that is, but a lot of, man, everybody here knows some really bad things have happened by people who were claiming to be the church. A lot of people have reasons to say, Jesus, yes church no but here's what I want I hope you get today when I'm talking about folks who say Jesus yes church no I don't mean the folks who are not here today I mean those of us who are because here's what I really believe I believe it's possible for 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 a body to be in church every weekend and yet still the way they are about church is really tantamount to saying Jesus yes church no Here's what I mean by that. In, in the story, we have a description of the church that the world was saying yes to in this new beginning called the church that Jesus started, this plan of Jesus called the church. And, 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 and th- this is the church that, was, that, that, was just, that just shot through the Roman Empire like lightning. Here it is. I'll read it out loud and you can look at it on the screen if, if, if you want to. They, and they here means the church. The church devoted themselves to the apostles' teaching and to fellowship, to the breaking of bread and to prayer. All the believers were together and had everything in common. They sold property and possessions to give to anyone who had need. Every day they continued to meet together in the temple courts. They broke bread in their homes and ate together with glad and sincere hearts, praising God and enjoying the favor of all the people. And the Lord added to their number daily those who were being saved. So what we have right here, y'all, is this description of the church that people were saying yes to, just in droves. And what I want to do today is kind of compare and contrast this description we have in the story of the, of the church with some images that I think capture how we can maybe unintentionally go about church. For instance, I think one of the ways we can sort of think of church is like this. I think we can think of church, I think we can sort of treat church like a movie theater, you know? It's a place you go on the weekend, hopefully comfortable seat, and if it's a good movie, it might make you laugh, or, or, or it might make you cry, or it might inspire you, but at the very least, it's just supposed to distract us from the cares of life for a couple of hours. And when we walk out of a movie, what do we do? What's the first thing we do? You know, we, we put on our Roger Ebert hat. I had planned to say that before, before he passed away. He just happened to pass away this week. But we put on our, we put on our, we go into film critic mode, right? And we go, was it a good movie? Did the plot drag? Was it too long? You know, does it, does it get thumbs up? And I think we all know that we can kind of be that way and think about a church that way. We think of ourselves as the audience and we think of the service, you know, and whether we laughed or, or, or cried or were inspired. And we, and we walk out and we go, mm, 
thumbs up, hopefully, and, and, or not, and then we just go on back to our lives until next time. See you at the movies. But the church that changed the world, the church that people said yes to, they didn't think of themselves as the audience. Look what it says. It says they devoted themselves to the apostles' teaching. Now, the apostles' teaching is what we have currently in the New Testament. The apostles' teaching. And the word devoted is a very important word. It doesn't mean like they were interested or they studied it or, or whatever. No, it means they were committed to it. There's a story just a little bit earlier in the book of Acts about the very, very first time that the Jesus story was ever told in a public way. And look what it says. It says, when the people heard this, the Jesus story, they were cut to the heart and said to Peter and the other apostles, brothers, what shall we do? Or some translations say, what must we do? Uh, my college roommate is a pastor of a big old church out in Colorado. I, I, just, I just found out this week that it's actually the largest church in Colorado. And uh, it's kind of cool because he's my roommate. And... Uh, uh, he told me a story one time about how one, one weekend he was talking to his people about what God wanted for marriage and what God wanted for committed romantic relationships. And that particular uh, weekend he talked especially about the way that God wants men to go about loving women. And he thought it went pretty well. And afterwards this, this, this big biker guy comes walking up to him walking straight towards him, and he gets about this close, and he, and he points at him, he says, I'm going to kill you. And, and, by the way, not the response that we're going for. <laughs> and my, 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 my buddy Jim, he said that he was so scared, all he could say was, why? And the guy said, uh, my girlfriend, we're living together, and she, she, she heard that, and now... She wants our relationship to look like that. And I don't know how I'm ever going to be able to be a guy who loves her that way. You've ruined my life. So I'm going to have to kill you. And thinking quickly, my buddy said, well, I, dude, I've got, I've got the same problem in my marriage. I mean, I, I've got so far to go in, in loving my wife like, like the Lord wants me to love her. But, but God's helping me, and he, can, and he can help you too. And this big biker guy says, really? I'm up for that. And my friend said he was really glad to hear that because being up for that apparently didn't involve killing him. Listen now, God says that his word is sharper than any two-edged sword, that it's this powerful thing that, that, that makes things happen and brings about difficult but worth it change in our, in our lives. And so here, here's a prayer I'd like to, to have for us and, and suggest to you, even as I suggest it to myself. Before you come in these doors and before you take your seats, that, that, that you'd say to God, God, I'm open. Do whatever you want to do in my life. And when you walk out these doors, don't, don't look to whoever you came with and go, oh, so what do you think of that? How was that? But instead say, God, how, how do you want to change me? 
I mean, think about this, y'all. What if, as a church, whenever we gathered together, everybody was saying, either, either out loud or, or inwardly, may we never be the same again. May we never be the same. I love to go to the movies, but that's not how I go to the movies. And so I challenge you, even as I challenge myself, walk through these doors and, 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 and come into to this place and say, God, may, may, I, may, I, may I never be the same again. Because church is, church is not a movie theater. God, whatever you want to do, do it. So that's one way you can, can think about church. It's like a movie theater. Here's another way we can think about church or treat church kind of like this. Kind of like a store, you know, every so often you go in there and you walk up and down the aisles and you're looking for the selection of what you want at, at the price that you want. And if you don't, if you don't find it here, then you just go to another one. So we may go to Target or we may go to Walmart or we may go to Walgreens or whatever, depending on who has what, what we want. Sometimes uh, I'll meet somebody after service here and, 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 and I'll say, you know, how long have you been a part of Parkview? And they'll say, oh, this is my very first time. And then I might say, well, what brought you here? And then and, and they'll say... And they don't mean anything bad by it. And they'll say, oh, oh, well, well, we're church shopping. They don't mean anything bad by it. This is just how we've been taught to come at life. I understand that mentality to agree, to a degree. And, and frankly, the, the, the church is partially responsible for helping create that consumer mentality. So that's partially on the church. But the church that the world was saying yes to was not shopping for the best selection. Look what it says. It says not only were they, were they, devout, were they devoted to the apostles' teaching, but they were, um, they were devoted to the fellowship. The fellowship. Now, fellowship is this word that's got kind of watered down and, and dumbed down and, 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 and sort of gutted over, over the years. Fellowship does not mean, you know, pleasant conversation over a styrofoam cup of coffee, you know, in the reception area. I mean, that, that, that's nice, but that's not what this word fellowship here means. This word here is, is a very heavy-duty Greek word for, 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 for community. It means a bunch of people who are completely devoted to each other. I don't know about you, but the only thing I'm devoted to when I'm at Target is figuring out which checkout line is going to be shortest. And my experience, here's a hint, it's always the other one, right? It's always, it's always the other one. But this church that, that changed the world, they, they weren't customers, they were family. Look what it says in verse 44. It says, all the believers were together and had everything in common, which is really interesting. There's this togetherness. There's this unity. They, they have everything in common, which is interesting because they, they, they really didn't have everything in common because they had different backgrounds, ethnically, racially, culturally, gender-wise. They, they had different views and opinions, but it was as good as it was the same thing as if they had everything in common because of who they had in common. Because see, there was this person in their life. And this person in their life, if, if, if you had a bond with them, and they did too, you were automatically bonded together as family. I read this week an article about these two guys who were furniture delivery men. 
And they'd worked together for years. Their names were Gary and Randy. And Gary and Randy had worked together for years as furniture delivery men. And, and, and oftentimes when they would make a delivery, uh, you know, the customer would say, you all sure do look a lot alike. And they never thought anything of it. They just kind of dismissed it as a coincidence. Something that said something like, oh, all us furniture delivery men look alike. I don't know. And, and, and so uh, it went along like that for years. But then a law changed in the state that they lived in. And, and Randy, who was adopted, got to find out information about his, his birth circumstances that, that he hadn't known before. And he, and he not only found out that his, his biological parents had passed away, he found out that out there someplace was this, this brother that, that uh, he didn't even know he had. And the record said that his brother had been born on June 10th, 1974. And he thought that was kind of cool, but, didn't, but just didn't think much of it. But at, at their next delivery, the, the customer said, you know, you guys look so much alike. There's, it's, it's like there's a family resemblance between you two guys. And so as they're driving back to the store, you know, nonchalantly, you know, Randy says to Gary, hey, you know, I never asked you, when's your birthday? And Gary said, uh, June 10th, 1974. Why? Mm-hmm. Such a great article. I, I, I love it. And one of the things that it said that I love the most is there's nothing like family, especially when you didn't know you had one. And listen now, please hear me. Wherever you're at in your spiritual journey, whether this is your first time here or your 400th time here, this is what God wants you to experience here. Not just getting the things you want and need as a customer, but becoming part of a community in which you develop and discover this family bond where you have people from church who do anything for you just like family. Don't answer out loud, but, but right now, who in this church that doesn't have your same last name, that's not a member of your biological family or your extended family, who, who in this church, if you, if you needed help at 3 o'clock in the morning, would you automatically pick up the phone and call and not think a thing about it? You could have been here, you could have been here 20 years and still not have a single person that if it's 3 o'clock in the morning and you need help, you'd know their number and you'd dial it. And see that... We can, miss, we can be coming to church and miss out that God means for our church not be a store that just supplies our needs but, and, and wants, but that we're a family. And I, see, I don't know any way for this to happen unless we're part of smaller groupings, smaller gatherings during the week where we can get to, to know each other and, 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 and where we can have folks who will, who will be there for us and who will sacrifice for us. I mean, that's the early church that... The world said yes to. And I, I've mentioned this before, but I've got to mention it again because we're talking about it. During the darkest time in my life, I honestly did not know how I was going to make it through it. Emotionally, physically, financially, relationally, I was tore up from the floor up. I, and and, and I, in my family, i got an older brother, an older sister, and, of course, my mom and dad. And my, at, at that time, my, my, my sister was living in, in, in L.A. And I was here in Chicago. My brother was living in Chile. Not the restaurant, the country. <laughs> and my parents were in, living in Scotland. 
Now, they were very, very concerned about me. There's only so much somebody can do for you from Scotland. But my church, because I've been part of small, there, 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 there were guys in my church who were there for me and, 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 and who just, just picked me up and, and carried me through and got me through. And that was, that was a good long time ago. But I can honestly say it's the only, I don't know otherwise how I'd even be here today, let alone be more or less in one piece. And of course, as soon as I start talking about church being family and it sounds all great and stuff, it can sound like it's over the top, rah, rah. And, and, and yeah, it, it might sound that way because yeah, the church as a family is going to be somewhat dysfunctional. Okay, really dysfunctional. Remember, th- re- remember this guy from the movies? Cousin Eddie? Remember Cousin Eddie? <laughs> we got lots of Cousin Eddies around here. You know who you are. And if you don't, the person sitting next to you knows who you are. As a family, we're going to be far from perfect. It's going to be messy. We're going to step on each other's toes and hurt each other's feelings. There's going to be all sorts of of relational stuff we've got to work through. But for Parkview to be more and more like the, the, the church that changed the world, we need everybody to go beyond just showing up for services. We need everybody to be part of a smaller group that meets for support and encouragement so we can be family who has each other's backs. That's the church. That so many said yes to. Not customers shopping for what they want in the store, but brothers and sisters doing life together. Church is not a movie theater. Church is not a store. And uh, here's another thing church is not. Church, Church is not this. But we can sort of treat it like it is, because what do you do? You go to a restaurant, kind of makes you hungry. <laughs> yeah. Dibs on that last roll. Their rolls are so good. If, if, you go, if you go to a restaurant, you know you're going to sit down, and, and people are going to serve you, and they're going to wait on you. So just imagine for a moment. Imagine walking in to a restaurant, and, and before they show you your table, they hand you a, 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 a wet rag and say, you know, before you, before you order, could you... We've got a few tables that, that need wiping off there in that back corner. Would you take care of those for us, and then we'll take care of, of your order? And you go, okay. And so you go and wipe down those tables, and then and you sit down, and you're, you're, you're looking at the menu trying to decide what, what you're going to order. And then they come and you say, you know, before I take your order, could, could you go into the kitchen? Because we really need you in the kitchen. We've got a lot of orders back in there. We, want, we need you to help get some food out to some other people, and then, and then we'll come back and take your order. I mean, it's obviously not like the best business model for a restaurant, I'm guessing. Not where any of us would probably choose to eat. And that's, here, here's where I'm going like the, with this. But we can think of church as kind of like a restaurant where, 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 we, where we come to sit down and, and be served, and our job is to consume and be fed. I can't tell you over the years how many people I've heard um, describe their church choice one way or the other of, of we just need to be fed. And it's true. We do need to be fed. But we've got to understand something, that spiritual growth and spiritual maturity happens best. It happens better in the kitchen than it does at the table. And that's what we see in the early church again. In the early church, Acts 2, verse 45. Look what it says. It says they were selling their possessions and goods to give to anyone as, as they had need. Now, this doesn't mean that there was no private property. It, it just meant that they'd stop at nothing to serve somebody. 
There was just this selfless service that everybody had. It was like if, if the early church was a restaurant, everybody worked there. One time I was in this uh, Chili's, um, not the country, the restaurant. I was in Chili's near, near my house and, 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 uh, and, and, and I was at iced tea. And as the server walked by, it wasn't the person who took our order, but as the server walked by, I just stuck out my glass and said, hey, would you mind getting me a refill on my tea? And, and, and the person just kind of looked at me funny and, and said, I don't work here. But they just happen to be wearing the same color pants and shirt as the people who work at the Chili's near my house. <clears throat> and it sort of gave me an idea. I thought I'd get me a, a, a pair of pants that color and a, and a, and a, and a pullover that, that, that same color and just walk around Chili's, you know, offering to get people their drink refills and, and then never come back. <laughs> just, 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 to, just to mess with them. I, kind of, no, but there's a point. There, there, there is a point, okay? And, 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 and here it is. I know so many of you give so much of your time to help make this church the force that it is in the community and around the world. But I also got to say something else, and it's going to sound like I'm getting on some of you a little bit. And the reason it's going to sound that way is because I'm getting on some of you a little bit. <laughs> Talk to anybody, and in any organization, in any group of people, 20% of the people do 80% of the work. 20% do 80% of what gets done. Don't say out loud, but uh, which percent are you in? See, the point here is if I'm treating church like a restaurant, then I'm not being part of this of this unbelievably dynamic, amazing thing called the church that is God's plan for saving the world. I'm just going to a restaurant. I'm not, I'm not part of the church that's saving the world. Church is not a movie theater. Church is not a store. Church, church is not a restaurant. One other, one, one other image. What church is not? It's this one right here. Now, that's the inside of a fitness club, I'm told. <laughs> Google assures me that's what it looks like in there. And you might be going, no, I think fitness club's a pretty, is a pretty good you know, metaphor for the church because you know, fitness club is where people go to get in shape, right? Actually, if you do the research, wrong. People don't go to fitness clubs to get in shape. All the research says that the vast majority of people who go to fitness clubs are already in shape. The ones who go most often and who are there the most often are the people who are already in shape, trying to stay in shape or, or get in better shape. The rest of us just have gym memberships but don't actually go. We just feel healthier paying the dues every month. Oh, so it's not just me. Most people who go to the gym are already in shape. I was reading this article in the Chicago Tribune about this one gym where, where you couldn't join it unless your goal was to lose at least 50 pounds. If, if you weren't out to lose at least 50 pounds, you couldn't be a part of the gym. And they explained it this way, I quote, Oftentimes gyms or fitness centers are their own worst enemy because the very people that need their help the most don't feel comfortable in coming. Now, I was kidding you a little bit earlier. I have seen the inside of a gym once or twice. And I, and, and, and I don't know if you've ever had this experience, but, I go, but I, go into this, I go into the gym and I see people in there and they've got the outfits. You know? 
And they've got the out, and, the, and and the outfits show just how 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 ripped up and how cut they are and how buffed and toned and you know shapely or curvy or or or, or whatever. And they're and they're doing this and, and, and you know and they're standing around talking to other people who've got the outfits. And and I and I'm I'm in, you know and, and 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 it's like you know which uh, isn't the bathroom over there you know and 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 somebody else says no I think it's over there and and then a person goes wow that's really funny I'm not sure where it is but. Um, and I, and I just go, I don't belong here because I try to wear clothes that, that hide that stuff that, they're, that, that, they've got, that they've got. But, you know, and, and see, we can, we can unfortunately think of church that way too. There's probably somebody in, in the house right now that the reason you don't come to church very often is because you don't want to, pre- you, you, you think it's like claiming that you got your act together because the church is like, it's where people go who already got their stuff together spiritually and you know that's not you. And so you, and so you feel like you don't belong here or you feel like this, you shouldn't go here and, and pretend. No, 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 no. We, we, are, we are not a fitness club. Talk to Tim Harlow. Talk to your, talk to, to your lead pastor and, and just ask him. Say, say, Tim, are you in the spiritual shape that God wants you to be in? And Tim's just going to go, I wish. Yeah, he's got a lot on the ball, but he'll tell you what he doesn't have on the ball. God, God's working in all of us. We're all terribly out of shape. We don't need to come to church, you know, throwing out our spiritual chest and kind of walk, walking around and, and saying stuff and acting ways like it's all good. It's like, hell, you know, how's it going? Well, just claiming the victory. <laughs> How you doing? Well, I'm too blessed to be stressed, you know. I, I'll tell you something. I wish I was too blessed to be stressed. I'm very blessed, but I'm very stressed. And if you're too blessed to be stressed, good for you. That's okay. Just, just, just keep that to yourself, all right? Because we don't want to be that place where it's like, hey, we're the too blessed to be stressed ones, right? No, 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 no. Look what it says in Acts. I know this one from heart. It says, and the Lord added daily to their number those who are being saved. This church was this community where outsiders were continually and constantly becoming insiders because they know that they could be a part of this community just as they were and not as they should be. They could still be a part of that community. Church is not a fitness club where everybody's already in shape. When I was little growing up around church, I was taught, as I was working on this message, I, was taught, I, I thought about, well, what are they teaching about church when, when I was little in Sunday school? And I was taught two things in, in, when I was little in Sunday school about church. One is this. They taught me to do my hands like this and to say, this is the church and this is the steeple. Open the doors and there's all the people. I was taught that. It's not true. (laughs) This is not the church, even if it does have a steeple. And when you open the doors, it's not there's all the, it's when you open all the doors, there's the church. And I realized that and I felt so betrayed. No, I, I, it, was just, it was just a common misconception. But then something else I was taught about church came to mind. I was taught this little song called, I am the church, you are the church, we are the church together. And I haven't heard this song anywhere since I was eight years old. And so I went online and I found out that a really big time, really very hot Christian uh, contemporary band has, has uh, uh, re-released, has, co- has covered this song. Here it is. I am the church. You are the church. 
We are the church together. We are the church together. We're all around the world. Yes, we're the church together. The church is not a building. Church is not a resting place. The church is the people. I am the church. You are the church. We are the church together. All right. <laughs> <laughs> little, little, little brother on little brother on, on 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 this side he he's like feeling the holy spirit you can tell he's like yeah he's like he's like he's like feeling the holy ghost listen now i was taught one thing right i'm the church and you're the church and we're the church together and it's not a place it's it's people I want another story. A very close friend of mine, his brother-in-law is pastor of this big old church out in Las Vegas, a guy by the name of Judd Wilhite. Judd's going to be here speaking later this year, if I'm not mistaken. Don't miss it. He's, he's, he's incredible. And his, his church, if you know Vegas, you know that Vegas has got a, 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 a homelessness epidemic that we really wouldn't have any appreciation for here in the suburbs because it's just so so massive and so they're trying to go how do we try to be the church how do we try to be the church for homeless people and so they have a homeless ministry that, that goes out and takes hot meals the homeless people and one of the people who works in the ministry said you know as i take more and more meals to 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 the homeless people what they're what they're telling me that they that they want most that's hardest for them to get is a hot shower and I noticed that we got you know, a few bathrooms around the building here that have showers in them. So why, let's be the church that, has, that gives both a hot meal and a hot shower. And so they figured out the logistics, you know, how to do it securely and responsibly so everybody's safe and the buildings will take care of all, 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 all that good stuff. And, and they started offering hot showers. And, 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 and one guy came to the, their building one day, and his name was Cody. And Cody hadn't always been homeless. He had been... He had been very successful. In fact, he had been pretty famous. He, 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 had, he had been a pro bass fisherman. He'd been on ESPN, and, and he'd done really well for himself. But he got a, developed a crack addiction, and he, and he smoked up $600,000 of his savings, and he lost his boat, and he lost his career, and he, and he lost his home, and he ended up on the street, and he said, I hadn't been to, hadn't been to church in years because I, was, I just didn't want to, you know, be so reminded of how much I've messed up my life. He said, but what overcame it was that I, I, I finally just couldn't handle any longer how, long, how, how, how I smelled. So he heard about this one church where he'd get a hot meal and a hot shower, and he went there, and here are his own words shared with permission. I walked into church, and this lady who knew me from the homeless ministry said, good morning, Cody, how are you? And, she, and then she looked at me, and she said, Cody, you look like you could use a hug. And I said, ma'am... You don't want to touch me because I haven't had a shower in three months. If she heard me, she didn't seem to care. She walked up and she looked at me in my eyes and she gave me a big hug. And she said, Cody, Jesus loves you. And for some reason, I believed her. In that split second, I was somebody again. And that was the point where I knew that God was alive in this world and there was still hope for me. And now Cody's got his life back together. He's gotten married and he and his wife... 
come to Judge Church every weekend and, and now they serve in the homeless ministry. Here we go. The church is not a movie theater. The church is not a store. The church is not a restaurant. The church is not a fitness center for people who are already in shape. The church, Jesus did not die and rise again so we could be any of those things. He died and he rose again, not just so we could be with him forever when we die, but we could be his, his people, his body, his community, his family, his plan for saving the world and being people who reach out to the world in, in as many possible ways as, as we can come up with to say Jesus loves you in such a way that for some reason they really believe it. If you're here today and, and, and it's a priority for you to be here on weekends and you're already serving in a ministry and you're already in a small group where you have people who are like family to you, please know this. You are living God's plan for saving the world. I, I don't know what you're going through. Maybe life's good right now. Maybe life's bad right now. Maybe you're real up right now. Maybe you're real down right now. But I'll tell you right now, if you're a part of God's plan for saving the world, that's, somebody, that's something. Can't anybody take that away from you? Your life's about something. And if what the church really is, if it doesn't describe you, I don't want you to feel bad. I just hope you realize that whoever you are, however you are, right now you can step up and step into the best thing you could ever do with your life. Being the church. Being part of God's plan to save the world. Let's pray. God help us. Don't let it just be idealistic religious babble. Bind us together. Knit us together. Hold us together. As your people, your community, your family, your plan for saving the world.